Welcome to the latest episode of Five on the Floor on the Five Reasons Sports Network. Thanks for joining us on your favorite podcast app. We're now on Red Circle instead of Podbean. We're also on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and the Five Reasons YouTube channel. Make sure you hit the like and subscribe buttons. No Dolphin game this week, but plenty of Dolphins content coming up leading up to their next game. Also, check out FiveReasonsSports.com. Make sure you spell that one out. We do not have a paywall. And the great sponsors of the Five Reasons Sports Network. This one seems appropriate today as it's raining outside. Water cleanup of Florida. That's right. Water cleanup of Florida. You have a water leak. You can't find where it's coming from. You're dealing with water or mold damage in your home or business. Call Water Cleanup of Florida at 954-579-0356. That's 954-579-0356. More than 60 years of combined experience in their offices up in Boca Raton. They service the entire area. Michael Robert and their team prepare to handle all kinds of leak detection issues 24 hours a day, 365 days a year. After the leak has been located and repaired, Water Cleanup of Florida will clean it, dry it, and fully restore the damaged areas. Again, fully licensed, insured, and certified provide the one-stop shopping the busy homeowners and business owners require. People know the slogan at this point. Let me give you the website first. It's WCUFL. That's WCUFL.com. Or call Michael on his personal cell, big Miami Heat fan, 954-579-0356. That's 954-579-0356. Also follow him on Facebook and Instagram and check out their 70-plus five-star reviews on Google. All right, Greg, let's do it together, the slogan. If you've got the schmutz... They got the guts. And now, today's episode, emergency episode. This one will require some guts. Down to this day. Yay. Uh, five on the floor, ride for my dogs. Where is the thing? You can check the score. Hustle hard, couple scars, wearing bubble frogs. Just like Buckley said, you in trouble, y'all. Kept the floor playing, got an all band. Y'all seen the block, stop the one hand. And Pat, we trust, it's power, have the guts. We're here to bring the heat. Y'all can hang it up. Welcome to Five on the Floor, a daily insider show on the Miami Heat and the NBA featuring Ethan Skolnick, Greg Sylvander, and Alex Toledo, plus others from the Five Reasons Sports Network. All right, welcome back on Five on the Floor. Here's today's floor plan. We're doing a Sunday morning ep. Um, no Alex, no Brady today. They'll be joining us as the week goes on. It's me. It's Greg Sylvander. You can follow him at Greg Sylvander. The Heat play Cleveland tonight. So hopefully you'll catch this episode before that game. It's the third game of a four-game road trip. Uh, already two losses on this trip, losses in Toronto. And then uh, the last loss, which uh, they, I mean, talk about putting up a fight. The Heat put up a fight in Washington with just seven guys, really six and a half players, because that's pretty much all Spolster played. And they lose in overtime by a point. Lowry misses at the buzzer in regulation. Struess misses at the buzzer in overtime. And we're waiting to find out who plays tonight, but we know who won't. Okay, so let's start with that. This is a game without Jimmy Butler. It's a game without Tyler Hero. It's a game, of course, without Victor Oladipo. Yurtsevin, we don't even need to say that anymore. A bunch of guys are questionable. Uh, one of which is uh, Bam Adebayo, who we are expecting to play. Gabe Vincent, who we are expecting to play. Duncan Robinson is not quite sure on that one. Looks more doubtful uh, than questionable at this stage. Uh, and then Dwayne Dedman is also questionable. And so we have one of these days, Greg, where we're kind of like, okay, what's the lineup going to be? And it feels like the COVID era. Uh, it feels like they're going through it all over again. Heat fans are frustrated. And I even said this, why is this happening before Thanksgiving again? Mm-hmm. And and I, I want to look at it this way today. Okay. 
because no Jimmy Butler on the rest of this trip, which means he's going to miss four games. And look, you had to anticipate. I said before the season, there is no way play the under on 70 games. He's not going to play 70 games for the Miami Heat ever again. Okay. It's always going to be in this. Hope it's in the 60s. Okay. Hope it's in the 60s. It's not going to be higher than that. So, you know, this is going to come at some point, but it still hurts when it does, particularly when other guys are out. You mentioned that Tyler, people around Tyler Hero thought he was going to make this trip. He didn't. So I wonder how hurt he really was because he certainly could have helped at this stage or if he was going to join the team somewhere. We also met, I haven't mentioned this, but Udonis Haslam is also missing, who could have provided some minutes uh, in the front court if they needed it. Uh, UD has been dealing with a personal issue. A good friend of his from University of Florida, a major Parker passed recently. And so he's been attending to that. But I'm going to frame it this way, Greg. It looks like a calamity. Okay. They're, they're seven and nine. And nothing's gone right. Like you and I are not, you and I, Sunshine Pop, we're not going to sugarcoat this. They didn't expect this. We didn't expect this. We didn't expect so many guys to be out that we didn't expect them to play poorly when they were all together. The most fight they've shown is when like the half the team was out. Okay. Uh huh. But is this a calamity or, in your view, is this an opportunity? It's both. But I think that we have to kind of think about like, from a fan perspective, I'm, I'm going to take off any level of analysis hat that I have, analyst hat, excuse me, insider hat off, fan hat on. You um, you come into the season and the Eastern Conference Finals uh, is where you just, uh, you know, you got all the way there to game seven, right? And, you're, and you have the same roster again, so you're expected to be good. And I just think that there's a, a portion of the fan base, most of the fan base, I would say, that just didn't expect it to be this hard this soon. And when you bring back a team that uh, played so well, got the one seed, got to the Eastern Conference Finals, you just expected that you would have some of the um, some of the things that the good teams get, you know, like where you have enough depth to get through these scenarios and not tread water or that you don't have to go through it because you have a full roster. So then when you also make no changes, I think that then the fan base is like, wait a minute. So now we just came off of a conference finals run. Here we are at the beginning of this season. We need bodies. We have an empty roster spot. We have non-functional roster spots. We have injuries and yet there's nothing being done about it. So again, that that, adds a little insult to the injury further to that. And I'm going to get to the good part about this because essentially all I'm talking about right now is the things that point to calamity. You don't want to fall behind in the Eastern conference. You also, um, I think that it's super unclear whether the whole Kyle Tyler, Jimmy bam, and whoever else is Caleb for now is going to be a good enough, like starting lineup that meshes. So you have question marks abound that you can't answer yet. And I think usually seasons where the heat go into these stretches where they have no players and it's like all guts and it tends to end up being some glory too. like the fan base actually likes that. Like we lean into the idea of we have enough and these guys that you've never heard of are going to come into your arena and beat you. And that effort, against Washington was very much like that. I just think this is a particular season where the fan base didn't expect to have to be kind of like the lovable um, team, like the little team that could. They This is an Eastern Conference finalist. And, and so that's where it's calamity. But this is the thing. And this is where I'll, I'll, I'll pass the ball back to you. 
there are little subtle things like seeing Jovic and Bam, if we get that opportunity, Jovic getting the run right now, um, seeing all of these guys get elevated opportunities, see what Max Struess is really made of with high usage. There are things to take from this. It's just, I think fans ultimately, they were expecting this season to be a run to a title and anything that does not resemble a run to a title. I think they have a right to be like, what the hell is happening? Well, what were the five, see, what were the four or five teams that people thought would be above the others in the East? Okay. Boston, right? Milwaukee, Philadelphia, and maybe some, if everything broke right, Brooklyn. Okay. So right now we've seen that two of those teams have overcome adversity and are at the top of the Eastern conference. Boston had to replace its coach. Okay. Went out and got Danilo Gallinari and he got hurt playing overseas and they have a historically good offense. Like I'm not joking about that. It is a historic. It literally is the best offense in NBA history to this point. Okay, Milwaukee has not had Chris Middleton, and look where they are. I mean, other yep. than Giannis pushing down ladders, like everything seems to be going just fine for them, right? Because they've had Brooke and because Drew is playing at a higher level. Okay, so those two teams have elevated. The Heat are supposed to be in that airspace with yep. those two teams. And then you look at the other two. Well, Philadelphia hasn't had Harden recently, loses Maxi now. Last night they went without three of their five regulars, okay, without Maxi, without Harden, without Harris, okay. Um, and and they've had all kinds of issues. PJ Tucker has given them a donut, by the way, for two weeks. So could look, I understand what PJ's value was to Miami, but this has played out exactly as I anticipated. Okay, his value was always going to be higher to Miami than anybody else's at this stage because Doc doesn't know how to use him. So let's let's stop with the P.J. stuff a little bit, as I've been saying, okay? He had value to Miami. He's not the reason that Miami is falling apart here. P.J. Tucker playing uh, last game instead of uh, Jovic would not have made it, or Caleb would not have made a significant difference, okay? Thanks for saving us, Andy. Right, pretty much, right? Exactly, okay? Well, and again, I know some of it as well. He would have been better in Miami, and that is true, but there were diminishing returns there as he continued to get older, even in Miami. But Philadelphia is still right there with Miami. And again, they haven't had Harden for a period of time. And Brooklyn, I mean, is literally dealing with crisis after crisis after crisis. It's two stars. One of them doesn't want to be there. Got the coach fired. Uh, The other one, I I don't want to get into it more because you know how I feel about the other guy. Uh, But he hasn't played of late. Same record as Miami. Right. See, that's that's the thing about this. Like, that, that's why I'm saying, like, I, I understand why Heat fans look at this as calamity because they're like, OK, we get it. A lot of teams have struggled to get out of the gate here, but other teams are dealing with stuff, too. And then you look at some of the teams that are playing well. Indiana was projected to be a, a, one of those lottery teams, along with Orlando and Detroit this year. Some had if you look at, at Vegas. Some had the Pacers having the worst odds in the in the entire Eastern Conference, that they were supposed to be a 15 seed. And basically that trade that they made for Halliburton, but also finding a, a gem of a rookie, uh, they're over 500. Their offense over the last two weeks is a top five offense in the NBA. We saw the problems that they gave the Heat. Uh, so that's that's uh, that was a surprise. 
Um, Atlanta, the backcourt, they've had to incorporate, obviously, new pieces. They may trade John Collins. The backcourt uh, has worked so far. They're playing pretty well. The Knicks are, are have a better record than Miami right now. That's not something that should ever be the case. Uh, and so I, I understand where he fans looking at this. Okay, yes, we get it. It takes 20 games. We've had some adversity to deal with. Now Jimmy's out. Hero's been out a little bit. But it is unacceptable. I mean, I'm going to get to the opportunity part on the other side of this. Let's just make this clear. This is unacceptable, okay? This is to a certain degree. Maybe it's not calamity, but it's definitely disappointment. They have not performed to the level that I thought they would when I was there with them in the Bahamas. They were not talking about being a team that would kind of slog around. And it is starting to remind me of 2014-15, where all we heard the whole year was they never had their starting lineup healthy, right? Okay. And, you know, one of those players in the starting line was supposed to be Josh McRoberts. Okay. We kept hearing that the whole year. They never got their lineup healthy, only played this many minutes or 06, 07. Okay. Yeah. These are champions. They'll figure it out. They'll get something. And, you know, you mentioned run, run it back PTSD, right? Okay. Or the 17 or the 17, 18 season. Okay. These seasons are, or more recently, and this is the one that I tried to push back against, but it's getting harder to the 2021 season. That, you know, you get to the finals, but that time there was an excuse the, and the excuse was legitimate, which was the excuse, Greg, was we didn't have any kind of an off season, right? Yeah. Like we, we, you know, we had, this was basically an extension of the previous season. We hardly had a training camp. We had like two weeks. Okay. And that's not the case this time, Greg. Like there are no, there are none of those excuses. They had a full off season. Yeah. And here's the other thing. And and then we can go to the opportunistic uh, part of this that I think could be, um, you know, that there, there is some positives to take and that's how we'll end this show. But this is the other thing, Ethan. I think that when you are in widespread national conversations and in Woj bombs related to Kevin Durant, and then the Donovan Mitchell saga takes place and Donovan Mitchell was absolutely on the heat's radar. Um, and then neither of them arrive there, and then you really don't do anything else. I think that it adds to the fan base's frustration because they're like, man, like there were opportunities to kind of come at this at a different angle. And now like you're in a position where you're seeing those same teams struggle just like you are, and you had a chance to maybe shake things up a little bit. And so I just think that that leads to the fan base getting even more frustrated and they're less likely to um, generally like we get really attached emotionally to these teams that are like trying really hard and they're going above and beyond. And when it's seven guys, you're like, Oh, look how charming this is that they're playing so hard and scrapping to every victory. I think fan bases are the fan base is a little less likely to feel that way because they're like, yo, we could have had Kevin Durant. Like there was just such an opportunistic moment to take a huge leap. There was, I, but but it wasn't real. That's the problem. And, and it, it, part of it is the transaction merchants on Twitter and other places, but it wasn't real. Like you said, were they, were they in the mix for Donovan Mitchell? Were they, in, was he on their radar? You see, you said that in a very, that's an important way to say it. He was on their radar, but he wasn't a real possibility, as we said yeah. here at the because as I and I said repeatedly, and I've been misquoted on this, I said they were not all in on him. It doesn't mean they didn't like him. 
It means they were not going to gut the entire team and go trade everybody to get every draft pick they could get for Donovan Mitchell. Now, we can argue whether that was a mistake when you're seeing what Donovan Mitchell is doing. In Cleveland, look, they've had some bumps too, although actually they're better than their record, and we're going to see that tonight, and I this is going to be problematic tonight. This is going to be PTSD for Heat fans for sure tonight because Donovan Mitchell is, you know, is who he is, okay, and he has performed at an extraordinarily high level for them, and they are – a top 10 team in offensive rating and a top 10 team in defensive rating. And they have now a starting lineup that not only looks like it's good for this year, but looks like it's good for the next few years. Like they're going to be a problem. Okay. As Mobley continues to get better and that whole thing uh, sorts itself out. They have some holes. They've got some pieces. They just lost Kevin Love for a period of time. They're, they're going to be thin for a little bit, but they are really interesting going forward. And again, they are better than their record. They're better than the heat right now. Okay. Even if the heat are healthy, they're playing at a higher level than the heat are right now. So I understand it, but it's one thing to say, okay, they had opportunity. Nobody had an opportunity to Kevin Durant. I mean, with what the nets were asking for, nobody had an opportunity for Kevin Durant. Mitchell. Yes. There was a team with an opportunity that made the trade for him. Um, We can say, well, they gave up that they didn't give up as much as you thought they gave up. Look, Colin Sexton's had a damn good year in Utah. They gave up a ton of picks, um, and so and the swaps. So it's not like they gave up nothing. So I, I it's think the, just the psychology. Though. No, That's it's the psychology. I mean. It's the outsized expectations of the offseason. and I, I I get that, but just bringing the team back, I, I guess what's frustrating, and we are after the break going to pivot to opportunity. But I guess what's additionally frustrating is that bringing the team back should have been good enough for them to get off to a better start. Like even if we're talking about running it back, and this is always. I, I get it. Depot was supposed to be, they were selling Depot to me the whole off season. Okay. It's like, they got a bridge you can buy in Brooklyn too. Right. Like that was, that was what was being pitched that he's fine. He's healthy. And maybe he was all off season, but obviously when, when, when push came to shove, his body is broken down again. And that has to be something that you have to anticipate guy has major injury like that. It isn't always the same joint. Okay. Or the same side of the body or something. It's something else because you're compensating. You're pushing yourself so hard to get back. Nobody's questioning whether Depot wants to play. Nobody's questioning what, or they shouldn't be. Okay. For sure. Okay. He's not stealing money. Okay. So let's stop that stuff. It's just that he's not what he was because he's not, his body is not what he was. It was okay. But yes, were they counting on him? Sure. But even if you didn't have Oladipo, even if you only had the Oladipo that you had in the postseason last year, which was an incredibly inefficient offensive player who happened to play good defense. Okay. They had enough going into this season to be better than seven and nine right now. They, don't tell they me that, they did. Right. Don't well, they, well, we thought they did. They thought they did. Don't, sure. tell me, don't tell me that PJ Tucker is the difference between being a team that was first in the East and seven and nine. It is not. Okay. So they have not lived up to expectations for a whole bunch of reasons. And, and a lot of them are just, they're, they're on the players. They're on, uh, you know, we never talk about this much, but they're on the coaching staff. They're on, uh, they're on the front office. They're on everybody. Okay. Um, and, but now I think we should pivot because I do think, and this is the way I think Spolster will frame it ultimately, because this is how he typically frames it. I do think there is opportunity here. So let's talk about the opportunity and why this may not end up being a calamity before we do I want to tell you about our sponsors here. Uh, first thing, prize picks. We always mention this one. This is our fantasy partner. Uh, the world cup starts today. It's all there. Okay. So, I mean, if you have a favorite, uh, if you have a favorite country, obviously, but also if you have a favorite player, you can play Messi on prize. You can combine Messi with bam out of bio today. Where else can you do that? Okay. Go to prize picks, 
Use a code five F I V E. Uh, get your initial deposit matched up to a hundred dollars. They, they look, there are no rollovers. This is basically free money up to a hundred bucks. You don't need to play it all at once. And they got this new feature. I'm just going to give one anecdote here. Okay. We got a guy on our network, Louis Sung. He knows nothing about the NBA. He will gladly tell you he knows nothing about the NBA. He is one of our dolphins guys. He lives and breathes dolphins. Our dolphins and heat groups at five reasons. There's a little bit of tension between those groups. Okay. And right now, we haven't talked about this. Another issue for the Heat is the Dolphins are damn good for the first time in 25 years, which is going to make some people forget about the Heat right now. Greg's wearing his Dolphin shirt. Lewis went out and decided to play the new option here where you can play six players at once. He played six NBA guys. He won 25 to one. He put down 20 bucks and he came away with 500. And those 20 bucks aren't even his because they're part of the initial deposit. Okay. So use the code five, F-I-V-E. Give it a shot. If Louis Sun can win on, this is going to be our new slogan. If Louis Sun can win on the NBA, so can you. Our betting, so use the code five though, F-I-V. Also, betteredge.com, use the code five RSN. As soon as we finish this, I'm going on to make my picks in our weekly competition. I got housed last week, but that's okay. Go to Better Edge. This is, our, again, like prize picks, this is legal, okay? It's legal. It's not offshore. It's legal. It's ba- They're based in Minnesota. You can't get more American than that, okay? Betteredge.com. That's with an O. Use the code there, 5RSN. That's the number 5RSN. And you get $20 free to play. And this is peer-to-peer betting. You can find the line you want. And the final one for today for all your CBD, your premium CBD, your tincture, your sports cream, the gummies, they got a new sports cream there. Go to therapistpreferred.com and get 25% off. Again, that's 5RSN for Better Edge and Therapist Preferred and 5FIVE for prize pick. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. What's the first thing you do if you had an extra hour in your day? Go for a run, take a nap, maybe check the stats of the latest Miami Heat game? I've got a better idea. A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. The question is time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. I've benefited from therapy. I went through some life changes, major life events, had some difficulties, wasn't a believer in therapy, but it helped me and it can help you also. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. So learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash Miami Heat today to get 10% off your first month. Again, that's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P.com slash Miami Heat. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. All right, let's get to opportunity. You mentioned the big one. I don't know what happened with Jovich the other night. I don't know if Spoh's been asked to explain it, why he didn't play the last five minutes of the game and the overtime. Have you heard anything on this? No, I haven't, and I've asked, and it was painfully quiet, which I don't know if it was due to travel or what. Um, I'm going to try to check in today. I, I There's almost a part of me that feels like we need to have 
Brady asks Spo pregame. <laughs> yeah, I might get on the pregame tonight too, because uh, I, I the beat guys are, t- are always on top of this stuff. So I, I'm surprised there was no answer the other night on that. I'm, I'm guessing Anthony or Ira or somebody uh, may ask tonight. But I, I I thought he was hurt. Okay, I mean that because that's what I was getting on Twitter from people. And he did fall on his wrist and maybe it was his knee. Uh, maybe he just missed a defensive assignment. Maybe Spo just forgot. I don't know. But he played Orlando Robinson down the stretch instead of Jovic. And I, I think that Jovic's creativity would have been useful there. But anyway, but here's the opportunity. Let's get to it. We expect Bam to play tonight. Okay. There is a certain point where you have no choice. <laughs> There's a certain point where you have no choice. I am hoping, okay, and we'll see. This you might be listening to this podcast after the fact. I am hoping that when the starting lineup comes out tonight, it says this in the front court: Please. Bam Adebayo, Nikolajovic, Caleb Martin. Please. Right? Yes. Oh my gosh, Bam Jovic. Like, listen to this. In three games in November, Jovic in eighteen minutes is averaging eleven points on forty-seven percent shooting, forty-two percent, forty-two point nine from the three on two attempts, and he's getting three boards. That's in eighteen minutes in his three games in November where he's actually kind of had the chance to play better or to play really at all. So I want to lean into that. I don't know why he didn't finish the game, but I want there to be as much of that as possible if we're going to go skeleton crew then i want the skeletons to be skeletons that may hang around for a while and can build into something more than skeletons so Jovich bam that is like the most important thing that i'm watching for tonight obviously other than the heat just gutting out a victory it's those small types of things where we're going to find out is Jovich a prospect that is such a good fit next to bam and has such good skills at his size at his uh, age that like you don't trade him does he all of a sudden become so valuable that you now have an asset that's worth much more than you expected and you would never know that unless they had the chance to play that's the type of stuff where you uh, can lean into this not being a calamity by getting the chance to see some of these guys and here's the other part of it if you start Caleb at the three tonight which is his natural position okay as the Jimmy Butler you know clone light okay which is basically what he played last year that's actually a three-man combo you can use in games like when jimmy is back okay when you go to the bench and and you bring caleb off the bench for jimmy like that may actually work because you have some spacing with jovich you have some cutting with caleb caleb and here's the other thing then you have caleb to chase around the best guard on the other team which Caleb is going to start tonight for sure because he's the guy who's going to be charged with marking donovan mitchell we know how that goes right Okay, but you can play Jovich tonight, and and and, you, and this is what they should see. I do not want to see tonight against a team with this kind of size, okay? I do not want to see uh, if Bam starts. I don't want to see Bam with Caleb at the four, and who would they even plug in at the three? Who do they even have? Jamal Kane? I mean, who would uh, – or I mean, Haywood Highsmith? Yeah, or – yeah, I guess that would Or probably... you start Struess. You know what he may do, and I, somebody he may, he may start Gabe with Lowry and with Struess at the three because and, Garland and Mitchell. Yeah. And, and I'll hate that decision because I, I want Gabe to come off the bench and run the bench tonight. If Lowry is going to start. And I don't think you need to start Gabe. If you, if you're playing Caleb in the starting lineup, I, I would prefer look, he always goes small against big. I get it, but you have like, this is like a tailor made opportunity. You've got enough, a nothing to lose game tonight. Okay. Play the kid, start the kid. See how it looks. Give not just the fans, okay? Give yourself 
the 15 to 20 minute look of the two of them together. You know, they've been working on it in practice. And here's the other thing. He's been playing Jovic at the five at a necessity when he's played him. He said that he said it was never the plan to use him at the five in training camp. It just sort of happened. The plan was always to use him at the four. This is the long-term plan. I don't care if you're hiding something from other teams at this point, you got to take care of you play it, see what it looks like. And you raise the other point here, which is that see what kind of piece you have, because if Durant asks out again, okay, if some of these guys, if this stuff starts to happen before the trade deadline, and you've talked about how there's going to be activity in the league, you need to know whether this is a piece you need to keep around. Okay. And I'm not saying you don't include Nikola Jovic if it means getting Kevin Durant or not. That's not what I'm getting at, but I'm saying for some of the other guys around the NBA, yeah. like, do you need, do you need a Jay Crowder? Okay. Do you need to go you all sure in on hell John aren't Collins? Trading Jovic for Harrison Barnes. Sorry to interrupt. Like no, exactly. that, to your point, well, like that's Morris. the kind of stuff you're evaluating. Right. You don't. So let's, let's see what this looks like. Okay. In, in a, in a small sample size, but against a team that is an Eastern conference, you know, contend playoff contending team, with a hell of a lot of size. That's the kind of thing that makes us feel better. Here's the second opportunity I see. We saw it the other night. Uh, Kyle, Kyle Lowry got his groove back the other night. And, and I think that this should, this will should and will open Spo's eyes. You don't have to, you're, you're not going to bench Kyle because it, you just can't. Okay. You just can't, you're not going to do that to him. He's not going to accept it. This is not a Dragic situation. You don't have the comfort level that you did. I know everybody's like Wade and Dragic did it. Spo had a 20-year relationship with Dwayne Wade. He had he had a, a five-year relationship that was very strong with Goran Dragic. He doesn't. That's not the Kyle Lowry has been here for a minute. Okay, it's it's he not started gonna, in 649 consecutive games not in happening. which he's appeared in. He's not coming off the bench. It's not happening. So here's my thing about it. Okay, you can stagger more though. And Spo can figure out with his staff, you know he will, how to get to the rotations so that Lowry is playing with more of the bench guys where the ball is in his hands more often. You don't force the Lowry hero thing any more than you need to, okay, if you're going to continue, if you're going to bring Tyler back to the starting lineup. You don't force the Lowry-Jimmy thing because, by the way, that's not as good as advertised either, all right? I, I, I think it makes sense to figure out a way to stagger. You maybe pull – you maybe – you know, you keep Lowry in the game maybe for the entire first quarter. When you bring in the bench, you take Jimmy out. There, there are different. You bring Tyler out. You bring Tyler back in the second quarter. Not tonight, obviously, because he's not playing. But you bring Tyler back in the second quarter uh, to, to where he has the ball in his hands a little bit more when Kyle's not in. I think they need to separate Tyler and Kyle as much as possible. I, I just I don't think it's workable for right now. You're going to need it down the stretch of games, so there has to be some usage of it earlier in the game, but it should be to start and to finish. The middle of the games, find ways to create opportunities for the two of them where they're more comfortable, which is Lowry with the ball in his hands with others, Hero with the ball in his hands with others. You don't have the depot factor yet, okay? So you can do this now, and then you figure out who depot fits best with. But for that, that would so to me, that's a second opportunity, <laughs> okay? The third opportunity here... Uh, to me, and and uh, and this one is not as significant, okay? But I think that this team needs to be somewhat embarrassed. Um, I think they got complacent, honestly, this offseason. I, I think that when you're a shot away from the NBA Finals, even if the rest of the world didn't think you were that good, you start to believe you are there. 
And the reality is, okay, this team does not have overwhelming talent. They don't. Uh, they were more than the sum of their parts last year. They were coached up. But I'm watching, you know, like last, like when the Heat don't play, I'm watching other games last night. And I'm just, and look, some of these teams are nowhere near ready, okay? But I'm watching the skill level of some of the guys, and even in Orlando or somebody's a, okay, or you look at the skill level when they're all healthy, when Bain and Morant are healthy in Memphis, or uh, Miami does not have, we get in the bubble sometimes, but there's a lot of talent around the league that's being unleashed in part because of the rule changes, part because of the pace of play. And Miami doesn't necessarily have the best fit for the pace of play the way it's, way it's gone. There are 11 30-point scorers in the league as of a week ago, okay? That's not normal. No. Miami doesn't have that guy. Like, Jimmy, scoring is hard work for him. He can do it, but it's not. So I, I think that they got caught up a little bit in their own hype. It wasn't the hype from the outside. I think it was this belief that, okay, if we just do things our way, uh, if we show up, we'll be fine. They're, they're not – there are Pat guys on every team that can hurt them now. Pat used to say, and I, Ethan, I bet you'll remember this way back. Pat used to say, I used to think I could coach anybody to 50 wins until the 02-03 season when they had yeah. Rod Strickland and Kendall Gill and Karan Butler and those guys. And I think there was a little bit of that. Like, as long as we bring our principles and we bring our effort and we bring our guys back, we're going to be able to play to a certain level. And so that's the interesting part about this, because you're right. Like if you're not getting better personnel wise, you need to see big jumps and you need to have that maximum effort. Cause that's what was setting you apart before. Mm -hmm. And so if that's missing now, like that was a key piece to why this was all working better than this. Like the, what is the thing about the sum of the parts that you right. just mentioned? Like it, it comes with those intangible parts as well. It does. And that's why when you have a player who clearly has the talent of Jovic and I'm watching uh, what Ben is doing in Indiana and we saw what Apollo was doing before he got hurt in Orlando and you're seeing some of the young players like in Jalen Green in Houston. And I know they had a bigger pedigrees than Jovic. I get it. But you're seeing some of these these players blossom, even the, the second and third year guys, the, the Halliburton's, the Desmond Baines. Um, look what bowl, SGA bowl. is doing, right? Bowl, bowl. Uh, yeah, that one's a sore subject. But like you're watching what some of these guys are starting to start to do. And it's like, OK, we've got a kid who has incredible feel for the game. And I that's why, to me, I don't see an excuse not to play him. I, I, I was one of those. They drafted Michael Beasley second overall. He's one of the best offensive talents I've ever seen. And I was one of those pushing back against him starting because I was like, he's clueless on the defensive end. I completely understood why Spolster was trying to take control of that team as a first year head coach. And was like, you're going to play when you're ready to play. And ultimately he made the switch for Beasley for Haslam. I always felt that that came from others inside the organization too, because you needed to see what Beasley could be. And, and, and UD, you know, moved aside for him reluctantly at the time, but to UD's great credit, he also mentored him or tried to, um, but there was that, the talent, the, the talent level, but again, a cluelessness. Okay. Uh, you know, or not playing white side during certain, this kid has elite basketball IQ. It is obvious. Just play the damn kid. That's where the real opportunity is. We'll see if he does tonight or how much he does tonight. Uh, and if he does when it matters. Okay. For Greg, uh, special emergency episode. Um, we'll obviously have your coverage post game tonight. Both Greg and I will be on the post game uh, feed. So check that out here as well. 
Have a good day, everybody. Thanks to our sponsors, Prize Picks. Go to Prize Picks now. Five F I V E. Better Edge. Five R S N. Therapist Preferred. Five R S N. And Water Cleanup of Florida. When you got the schmutz, or you've got starting lineup issues, they got the guts. Have a good one. Thank you for listening to the Five on the Floor on the Five Regional Sports Network.